0: Welcome to the High School Athlete Nutrition Podcast, where we chat about fueling your performance on and off the field, court, track, or pool. I'm your host, Stephanie Melitano, a registered sports dietitian who specializes in helping athletes optimize their performance with a strong fueling plan. Whether you're a seasoned athlete or just starting out, this podcast will provide you with specific strategies and practical tips to help you reach your performance goals. So join me as we explore the world of nutrition and learn how to take your game to the next level. Welcome to the podcast, Allison Roberts. She is a college recruiting coach, business owner, and the mastermind behind how to get recruited. Welcome, Allison. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Of course, of course. So before we kind of jump into all things you know, what high school athletes can do to get recruited and connect with coaches and all that fun stuff. I would love for you to share a little bit more about you and what you do and your life before we jump into the full podcast
1: yeah let me give you the full life story i've gotten really good <laughs> to condensing it i love uh, it. you know just it's like where were you born summer. all that <laughs> right um my first steps i was i'm just kidding um so my name is allison roberts i'm the owner of how to get recruited i started this company about a year and a half ago just because i saw a huge need for educating student athletes on the recruiting process and just equipping them and giving them tools i saw Way too many companies who are really quick to take their money, but not very quick to give them the individualized personal attention that athletes deserve because high school is hard. Choosing a college is hard. recruiting is hard. So I really come alongside families and really help them just kind of navigate the process. But, But, you know, a little bit of my story when I was 15 years old, I wanted to play college volleyball and I was really excited to do that, but I had no idea what it took to do that, what it looked like, what level I could play at, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just by the grace of God, I did find a college scholarship and an amazing team that I got to play for for four years at uh, Presbyterian College in South Carolina. They're a small D1 school out there in the Big South Conference. And then upon graduation, I coached at the college level for six years as an assistant and then as a head coach. And just, I loved the recruiting process as a college coach. That was my favorite part of coaching, besides the actual coaching during games part. Um, and yeah, I just loved it. And so often, you know, just having so many conversations with student athletes and their parents. I, I even back then I saw the need for education the need for getting yeah. the knowledge early on and not waiting until your senior year plus to to start to learn about the process because then we have a lot of ground to catch up for for sure um and then after that I have three small kids my husband's in the army we move a lot coaching college was just not in the cards for that stage of life so I decided to start this business and it's been a huge blessing to me and my family and I love what I do it's it's a phenomenal line of work. I really love it. Yeah. I
0: think the the best part of that is you've seen both sides. Like you were on right. the recruiting, you were being recruited and then mm-hmm. you've done the recruiting. So that really helps kind of pull it all together. Cause you're right. Often I see recruiting coaches who just want to sell a course or a book and it's not personalized. It's not mm-hmm. you know individualized. And, and that Process of choosing a college is so personal, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: it has to be the right fit. The coach has to be great, and the what level and that sort of stuff. So I love, 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 love that you take you take that approach. So do you work with more clients virtually in person? Because I know you're you're in the middle of a move now, so you've got a lot. Yes. So what what tends to be kind of how you're interacting with your athletes?
1: Yeah. So it's it's mostly virtual. Uh, I do one on one coaching with volleyball athletes, just because, like I said, I'm very personable about what i'm doing i want i want to give them my full attention and when i sit down and i watch all of my athletes film and i can say you know this athlete would be really successful at d2 or hey you're walking in between plays you know as a defensive player we need to you know fix that because this is showing different stuff on film and if i have you know frankly if i have a soccer athlete who sends me their film i'm like looks great (laughs) you know, no, no. no. So, uh, one-on-one I work with volleyball players, but I also host webinars and have a couple digital products that are available to help athletes of any sport. Um, but yeah, essentially I have athletes who are all over the country. I have athletes in Pennsylvania, Washington, Texas, New York. I I have athletes kind of all over the place and we meet virtually like this uh, Mm -hmm. on, on a zoom call. And we walk through, you know, what's going on about once a month. And then they have access to me in between sessions as well to ask questions, get feedback. If they have a new highlight reel, I'll watch it and say, hey, put this as your first play, you know, reorganize stuff like that. And then for volleyball club season is in the spring. And I do travel to tournaments. I try to be where my athletes are so I can also be on the court and advocate for them with the college coaches who are there to evaluate them. Wow. That's,
0: yeah. that piece is incredible. I think the accountability between calls and then just being able to travel and really help and open those conversations. And I'm sure having just being there as an athlete and knowing that your recruiting coach is there and being able to watch you converse, like they can take mm-hmm. so much away from that. Just like, okay, this is how Allison would do it Next right. time I'm by myself. This is how I'm going to do it. So that's mm-hmm. really awesome.
1: Yeah. And it's fun because athletes either have great support in the process or they don't So there's some clubs that they have their recruiting coordinator and they're on their court and they're talking to their coaches and other clubs don't have that. And I don't think that those athletes should be, you know, penalized for that. So offering them to be able to support them in that way. I I love doing that. And it's so much fun to actually meet them in person because I'm sure, you know, when you have athletes everywhere and you don't get to meet them and you're just like, I feel you know, i built such a good relationship. So when I do get to meet those athletes, their parents in person, it's so special. I love those days. Yeah, I do love that when athletes are
0: like, "Hey, I'll be in a tournament near you." I'm like, "I'm right. showing up, like I'm there, there am there. a game." <laughs> yeah, it's super cool uh, mm-hmm. to just you know see them in their element and so something that you've really helped them build on, which is awesome. Yeah, but it's so much fun. Yeah, it's it's really great. So where, I guess this is kind of the, and this is going to be a very loaded and very open-ended question, but like where Always. do athletes start? The recruiting process because it's obviously different for every sport time of year that sort of stuff but um you can speak with specifically to volleyball or just you know in general but like where where do you even
1: start right yeah so like step number one is educating yourself on the process kind of like i alluded to a minute ago you know don't wait until you're senior don't wait till you're actively in the recruiting process to learn about it. Because if you are doing that, then you're kind of figuring out as you go. And sometimes it does work out and it's great. But the earlier on that you can learn about what the overall process looks like, the better off you'll be, you know, it's just like when you're playing a sport, you know, you watch a demonstration of the skill you're trying to perform, or you see them do the drill. So you can kind of visualize that. And it's just, it's the same thing, you know, it's something we have to practice that it's something you will get better at as you go. Your first conversation with the college coach might be really awkward. I know mine was mine was <laughs> oh, super yeah. awkward my first call. I still remember that. Um and that that's okay, right? We learn and we grow as as we go. So, step 1 is educating yourself on the process. Step 2 is figuring out what you're looking for, which is very loaded, but not enough parents and players are really digging into the specifics because yeah, I know you want to play, you know, college softball but what else are you looking for you know so many athletes will say i just want to play and that's like okay that's great do you understand how many for for women's volleyball there's almost 2000 college programs for women's wow. college volleyball and you cannot tell me you will be happy at all 2000 of those schools right so we need to have a lot more criteria than just the sport itself than than just the division cuz that's also a very common one athletes mm-hmm. are looking for to play d1 um, but you have to dig a lot deeper to try to figure out what, you know, what situations you're going to be happiest in classroom sizes, um, student life activities on campus, location of the school, um, finances, you know, there's so much yeah. that goes into it and really figuring out what those things are for you as an athlete are just really important in those first steps.
0: Yeah. Even like a major guy, asked, yeah let to
1: like what do you want to major
0: in or they say I want to go to the school I'm like oh what do you want to major in like well marketing whatever it is I'm like what does that school have that no I'm like well no. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> maybe we need to look and you know, kind of broaden that scope because it's so true there's just you know yes you're an athlete but I think first and foremost you're a student athlete and so you have to think mm-hmm. about like that student life like we said like
1: mm-hmm. you no know,
0: dorms how often do you live on campus
1: all that stuff is yeah absolutely big. There's a lot of athletes also who don't have any clue what they want to major in. And they'll say, how do I look up a school if I don't know what I want to major in? And I always say to that athlete, figure something else you do want. Cause you don't have to know. I didn't know what I wanted to, maybe I thought I knew (laughs) I changed a couple of times. I changed my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But if that's not important to you, something else is, And, and you have to get searchable criteria to look up different schools or else it's almost like everything is interesting to you. And it's kind of like when everything's interesting to you, almost nothing is because it gets really hard to narrow down your search.
0: Yeah. And do you think like, do you send athletes to Google? Like you mentioned, there's over 2000 volleyball programs, like with every sport, I'm sure there's just thousands of schools. So, you know, how do athletes start that scope? Is it just, you're looking at Google maps and like, what's in within a certain mileage or your state and stay out of state, like where, like, what would be step one in just finding yeah. the school list?
1: Yeah. So there's a couple options and honestly, location is a great place to start because there's a lot of things you might want in a college program that are hard to Google. <laughs> like yeah. things like, you know, team culture, you you know what that looks like in your mind, but you can't exactly look that up they definitely don't have that on, yeah. on their athletics <laughs> page, that kind of thing. Um, so finding a location, I definitely recommend finding a location And then also maybe two divisions. I I don't say just look at division one, try to find at least two divisions, whether that's D1, D2, D2, D3, D2, NAI, whatever. Find two divisions, find a location or a couple locations and and researching schools off of there. And there's a couple of options. You can just Google them. You're gonna have 5,000 open tabs on your computer if you do it that way. Uh, One tool that I really love is field level. That's a free tool. You don't even have to create a profile or anything, but you can search your sport, um, the location and the division, and it'll pull up a list of programs that are there. And that's totally free to use. You don't have to have your profile. One thing that I use with my clients is called Productive Recruit, which is a just amazing tool for that. And then you can also look up specifically for majors. You can look up GPA requirements um, and, and compile a list that way. And it also, when you click on the school, it'll show you the coach's contact information. It'll show you their, you know, social media pages. If they have that, it has a lot of really specific information. That one is a paid platform. It's very, very reasonable for what it is. It's something like $15 a month. Uh, Mm -hmm. But that's kind of like my favorite free option and my favorite paid option for for starting that search.
0: That's helpful. That's Mm -hmm. that alone is great advice because even when you think about like, So just Google in general, like, where do you even start? Like, what do you type, Right, you know, division two Mm -hmm. programs and only ones like that pay for marketing come up. So that's, that's really, really helpful in terms of where to start like a specific website. I'm sure you can put some criteria in to kind of narrow that down too, Mm -hmm. but outside of kind of being a great athlete to play at the collegiate level, what should athletes be focusing on to kind of attract and engage those coaches that they want to start communicating with?
1: Yeah. Oh man talk about a loaded question. There's a lot that goes into that. <laughs> One thing a lot of people don't think about or um, pay much attention to is grades. Like mm-hmm. your academic piece, you have to have a certain GPA to be able to play at the different college levels. Each level has a different requirement, but your grades do matter. And outside of just being eligible to play at a different division, you can also set yourself up for getting academic scholarships at different colleges and, you know, that's one thing I didn't think through in my college process in, in back in high school. I wasn't a terrible student, but I wasn't a great student. I was pretty average. And I didn't understand that me having a, a better GPA and succeeding more academically can actually open up a lot of doors athletically as well. Because if a coach sees you have those grades, they know they can give you a better scholarship package and then they're more interested in you all of a sudden. So that's definitely mm-hmm. that's definitely one piece Grades for things to focus on. Grades are huge and yeah. You either think about that or you don't. I think there's, you know, kind of two kinds of families out there. And
0: I've seen too, even the class choice, what classes (laughs) are you choosing? Like that can impact, you know, what school you're eligible for. So definitely knowing that, are there lists out there for parents and athletes to look at and, you know, working with you, obviously that would be the biggest help, but
1: like certain classes they have to take in order to graduate and be NCAA eligible. Yeah, definitely make sure that you're talking to your guidance counselor at your school. Make sure they know that you want to play your sport. Um, don't assume that they know that because not every college counselor is going to assume that. So mm-hmm. if if they know, they'll be able to kind of guide you in that. There's not many that are unusual for you know. It's really just what you would need to go to college, period. So there, there's not much unique to playing the sport in college. Okay. But definitely have that conversation with your advisor so that they know that's kind of an added layer of your college search. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Classes, grades, all Mm -hmm. really, really important. And then how do you engage the coach? Like, do you recommend an email, you know, Twitter, which is now X, you know, all these different things. But Like, you know, what do you, how do you reach out or do you go to camps and those sorts of things? Like, what's that initial, like, hey, I'm interested in your school conversation.
1: Right. There's so many options nowadays. And I'll also say that that is something that can be a little bit unique to each sport, There's some sports who are very, very deep social media recruiting sports, uh, you know, basketball and football. A lot of those are on Twitter. I refuse to call it X. It's Twitter forever. (laughs) Um, So a, a lot of sports do have that. And I think all sports have a social media presence that can be helpful. But I think that is even the most helpful for athletes who are, you know, having those active conversations with coaches especially starting your junior year. But as far as, you know, starting initial reach out when we build that, our interest list of the schools that we are, you know, interested in, that we want to pursue an opportunity at, definitely sending an email and not just one email, but, you know, consistently sending emails is a great place to start because not every college coach has a social media account. A yeah. lot to do. Not everyone does. It's it's just a personal thing. Some coaches just are not into it. Some coaches love it. Um, but Definitely. every single coach at the college level has an email address because they are staff members of a university. And if they are staff members of a university, they need to check their emails to get things from HR and things, you know, from the athletic department with meetings, different stuff like that. So not everybody has a social media account, but everyone does have and email address. So being able to contact a lot of coaches in a short period of time with those emails is a really effective way to kind of get started initially in the process. Yeah. And I'm going to pull on
0: one of, um, so I, I asked Instagram a week or so ago, like, what questions do you have for Allison? And one that came up kind of just jumping from this topic was how often should I reach out to the colleges I'm interested in? So going off this email, so say they email. they you know, one week? Should they wait a few weeks? Should it just, you know, should it be followed by a phone call? Like, what is that communication kind
1: of cadence that you recommend? Right. So it really depends on what their grad year is. So for volleyball, the student-athletes contact date is June 15th, preceding their sophomore year. So right, or is preceding the right word, right at the following their sophomore year. So going into their junior year, of high schools, so before that date division one and division two schools cannot respond to those emails so obviously hopefully obviously we're not sending them an email every week before that date right um but if you're an unsigned senior and you you know we have a little bit less time to investigate that it might be like every other week for a little while until we try to get in contact with them kind of early on You know, freshmen, I would say, you know, every six months is pretty appropriate, making sure that you are contacting those schools that you are a good fit for and making sure you're doing the research to know if they're a good fit or not is a really big piece. Um, But yeah, early on, I would say about every six months, keeping them up to date, that kind of thing. Your sophomore year, you can do it every couple of months, maybe every other month, if it's a school that you really feel you'd be a good fit at. And then starting your junior year after that contact date, we can, you know, kind of go to once a month until we get in contact with the school. Awesome. That's that is helpful to kind of just have that like groundwork of what, when
0: do we, because you yeah, just I know. Like, so excited about the process and you're like, they haven't responded. It's been a week. Well, mm-hmm. give them time because they're getting hundreds of emails. And so yes. just reminding yourself, like, you know, if you can make yourself stand out academically with your grades and give them some good highlight reels that will help hopefully your email be opened a little bit sooner.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Yeah. And we kind of hinted at this earlier, but I see this a lot with athletes who are cleaning up their social media, getting ready for recruitment. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on, on social media and the use of that and how, like you said, some coaches use it, some don't, but some coaches don't use it, but they'll peek at an athlete's profile. Oh
1: yes. Oh yes. <laughs> so when I was my last college coaching job, I was a head coach and it was, it was before social media was used as much as it is with recruiting Mm -hmm. now, but back then a a student athlete would email me and I would immediately go to Google and I would type their name and their sport and I would look them up. And generally what came up first was their social media. And, um, sometimes it was great. Sometimes it was not great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and so, yeah, it's kind of one of those things. Just think before you post, you know, even if you think your profile is private or, you know, it's, not your real name. It's kind of amazing. You see some of these TikTok videos about how people turn into little CIA agents and they will find you and they'll find so much information (laughs) about you. So just anything that is questionable, that might give someone the wrong impression, that might show, you know, any kind of like drug or alcohol use, anything like that, don't they, don't put it on the internet, guys. Don't like not just for college coaching, advice. but for for yes. jobs in the future. just so much of that. Um seen lots of stuff like that. I've seen lots of people, you know, flipping people off, you know, doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, a, a coach sees that. And if that's how you're representing yourself, if that's what you're choosing to post about yourself, they might be scared that that's how you'll represent their program when you get there. So if you have any kind of question of, should I post this? Is this okay? Just leave it off because it's so much better to be safe than sorry in this, in this type of situation.
0: Yeah. Because just like you're looking at their, you know, team culture, they're looking Mm -hmm. at how you would integrate into their team culture as well. And if you're kind of putting off that like little edge, a little bit of spunk, maybe a little rebellion, probably don't want that in their, in their team roster. So definitely advice is just clean up.
1: And clean if you it, it up and question. like you and you can be yourself. You can you know do, be true to yourself, that kind of thing. But you also have to understand that like people can find these. Your mom can find these. Your grandma, your auntie, you know, um, pe- people can see this stuff. So just be really careful with how you present yourself. Yeah, you know? great advice. Great advice. Mm-hmm. So
0: Before we wrap up, what are your top? I don't know, handful of tips. For athletes either beginning or in this recruiting process? What would you tell kind of your, your athletes?
1: Yeah, I would say probably my, oh, there's so many, but I, yeah, <laughs> I have a couple. My probably number one piece of advice is if you want to play college athletics, you need to go watch college athletics. So if your dream is to play D1 college soccer, and you have not watched any D1 college soccer we need to fix that you know it, you know understanding what the different levels looks like is really important because if you are not targeting the best athletic fit for you you're not going to be successful in the process you can send all the right emails post all the right content but if you're reaching out to the wrong types of schools you're not going to get the responses you're looking for so definitely make sure that you are watching Live if you can, because live games games are just fun and uh, mm-hmm. you get to really, I don't know, just experience what that really looks like in full and how it feels and the environment and all of that. But also like watch the Division One games, sure, but go watch different types of levels. Go watch a T- D2 game, a JUCO game, an NAIA game. You know, I really recommend pulling up your phone and looking up what college programs are close to you because you also don't have to take an airplane to go watch, you know, college athletics, because there is a college within an hour of you, you know, go go there, see what it's like. It's no kind of commitment to do that, but just exposing yourself to different types of levels will allow you to understand where you fit best uh, among those different levels. That's piece number one. Um, kind of one of my biggest secondary pieces is please don't get hung up on the level that you're playing at because, you know, 99% of athletes I talk to want to play Division One and they want to play at these Power Five conferences that are extremely competitive, really good, and I understand it's fun and it's a big college campus and you think that's the genuine college experience, But you also have to understand that it's somewhere around, you know, 1% of high school athletes go on to play at the division one level, period. It's something around, you know, half a percent of those are able to get a full scholarship at that level. So if you are wanting to play at one of those major schools, you have to look me in the eyes and tell me that you are one of the best players in the country for your grad year. No questions asked. And if there's, you know, a, I uh, don't know, we need to explore that. Right. Um, because it is great to play D1. It's fun. But it's also great to play D2. I mm-hmm. loved, I coached at the NAIA level. I loved NAIA volleyball. Um, there's so many different levels out there, but there's so many more important things to your college experience than just the label that your athletics is under. So, you know, I, I mentioned student life. I I think that's a huge one, just finding different organizations that you will get involved in and enjoy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I feel like that adds so much to the college experience, you know, the different kinds of athletics, being able to support each other. That was probably one of my favorite parts about my college experience was, you know, our uh, men's lacrosse team came to every one of our volleyball games and they were that's ridiculous amazing. and they would dress up and they would just <laughs> shout the whole time. And it was so much fun. Um, So there's so much that goes into your college decision. Don't get so hung up on the level that you want to plan that you forget about the things that are really going to have a lasting impact on you and your college experience.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic advice getting something i always tell athletes like if you're on a campus or near a campus or if your older sibling is going to a campus like you don't need an official tour to pop into the dining hall exactly or, or walk into their community center like just go check it out and see go walk into the rec center what flyers do they have up just get a vibe for what what the school does you know go mm-hmm. to the coffee shop and are people studying around do they seem stressed you know all this cool stuff you can really get a good pulse of the campus and it's almost better Mm -hmm. to get an unguided pulse because then you get to see unfiltered.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's the more that you see, the more you will understand what you're looking for, where you fit and what's going to be best for you. Cause I know I wanted initially in my process, I wanted to go biggest school that I could possibly find. And my first visit was to a very big school. And I immediately was like, I, immediately regret this decision. This is not the right (laughs) fit for me. I was like, I think I'm looking for a smaller school. And I wouldn't have known that if I didn't go on campus. So yeah, if you have an older sibling, just tag along, walk Mm -hmm. around, get the feel for it. it. Really, every college campus, you can see every um interaction you can have with different types of students is going to help you understand where you fit in the long run definitely yeah great yeah. just great overall advice and in thinking about you know
0: athletes who are kind of on the fence not sure if they want to start with the recruiting process like how do they reach out to you and whether it's a parent or a student, you know, who do you want? I guess, who do you kind of focus on in the process? It is the student athletes process, right? But the parents always Mm -hmm. have questions too. And then kind of following up, how do they find you? How do we reach out and and get you connected?
1: Yeah. So I'm very passionate about a full family, a full team moving forward in the process because the student athlete needs to be at the center. They need to be at the HUD, but also, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old athletes, we need guidance and we need help. So um I love to have the full family in on my calls when I can because also the parents are going to ask different types of questions than the student athletes. And when I'm asking the athlete, hey, is this what you're looking for? And they say yes. And then the mom says, Are you sure about that? I feel like that's not, <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, it really can be helpful to just have a discussion and a general understanding with everyone. So I, I do love to do that. So one on one. Um yes, I work with volleyball athletes, but I'm always posting content and then I host workshops and that and all different kinds of stuff for athletes of any sports. So uh, the main place you can find me is my Instagram at how to get recruited. I am also on TikTok at how to get recruited and Twitter. Not there it X. Do we have to say S? X? No, you know, it, it's it's Twitter for now. We'll it's Twitter. <laughs> I feel like I have to say Twitter and then I have to explain myself or I have I have to explain myself if I say X but I'm on, on Twitter at HTG recruited. Um, and I love to connect with athletes. i love to hear y'all story and hear how you are learning and growing in the process and kind of help you along the way. Yeah. Your social media is really incredible. It's nice to just go get little
0: tidbits and it's, it's you, it, you also see kind of who you are as a person, which is so nice. Cause when you're looking for a recruiting coach, like you spend a lot of time on the phone with them and you yeah. want to be able to connect and, and honestly just a great Follow and a great resource if you're listening to this and you want to join that recruiting process, absolutely reach out to Allison, send her a DM, watch her TikToks because they're very good too. Uh and <laughs> good stuff, all that good stuff. I do have one final fun question i like to ask all my guests. I kind of just pick a random question. Yes. But do you, if you were gonna have a bagel or toast, what
1: would your favorite spread? Oh, I am a so I have my kids have nut allergies, so we don't have peanuts in our house. Um, so I used to do peanut butter on a bagel, but I love now sunflower butter bagel. Yes. Bananas, cinnamon, honey, and then I do sprinkle some almonds on top, Have and the that's works. my that's my yeah. favorite breakfast. Yeah, I love that. That's a solid bagel. That's a solid, solid bagel. bagel. <laughs> yeah, lots of fuel there.
0: Dietitian approved. I love that. Love I love that. Thank you so much. Well, Allison, <laughs> thank you for joining me on the podcast. It's been amazing. If you're listening to this and you are looking for more support, please don't hesitate to reach out to Allison. She really is a wealth of information. There is so much good stuff on her website and her social media. With that, I hope you all have an amazing day. And once again, Allison, thanks for being
1: here. Thanks for having me, Stephanie.